0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon, I'm the host of the Going in Circles Podcast Network, though we only are doing the Big Monday Show at this point, but you never know, we may expand. My co-host and partner, Barry Spears, will be with us right after the first break, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about a lot of different things, some things that... uh, have us pissed off, and a lot of other people pissed off, rightly so, because, you know, it's horse racing, and believe it or not, we get mad about stuff, but I'll uh, talk a little about the Lexington, a little bit about this, a little bit about that, and, uh, you know, say our peace, we'll be back in just a minute. Hey there, Sniper on Parade.
1: <laughs> What's up? What parade are you at uh, tonight? Um, It is the Angry Orchard. Parade. They have a parade for that? Yeah, it's in my refrigerator.
0: Uh, parade to the couch and back to the
1: refrigerator and back to the it, couch. Well, my wife... <clears throat> decided to buy ciders again, and she drank them all, except for one. Oh, she left one. Right. So I figured, you know, I'm going to keep this momentum going because I had a good week last week, had had a cider on the show, had a good weekend this weekend, doing it again. So we're sizing it right now.
0: If if it works again, we may need to reach out to those people, and, right, and get a sponsorship. Yeah, at the very least, send us some shirts or something.
1: We'll take free shit, right? I'm not, I'm down I'm down with free ciders. Re- I mean I mean I'll probably get laughed at on Twitter, but free is for me, right? And uh, yeah. and I'm not a drinker. I'm not I'm not really a drink guy.
0: Hey, anybody who's a, a real horse racing person understands the effects of of luck and having to do things
1: superstitions yeah
0: (laughs) i mean everyone's got a lucky tv right you got to ride that lucky tv till your horse doesn't run good on it then you got to change
1: i've never done that you should try that yeah try the lucky tv I mean, <laughs> I got to find a lucky team first. If you're betting
0: from home, you might have fewer options.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, how many times have I texted you that I'm going to throw my television in the ocean if so and so doesn't win?
0: Yeah. And you don't exactly live right next to the ocean. So it would be a hell of a toss.
1: I uh, live uh, close enough, like over one street to the next street.
0: Put it this way. If you threw it from your house to the ocean, it would be declared uh, probably a UFO sighting.
1: Yeah, because it, it definitely would be spinning. Well, i throw it like a Frisbee. Or a discus. might be an <laughs> Olympic sport. I don't know to how I can get my post. hand around the TV to throw it like a discus, but whatever. We, we can figure yeah. that out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so did you have any impressions of the, the final Derby prep though? It was only actually Derby prep for one of the
1: contenders since no one else had any points. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I, I mean, the only interesting thing about that race was Arabian lion. Yeah, well, Arabian Lion, who
0: um, got a tour of the entire stretch from the inside to the outside back to the inside. <laughs>
1: it's what you call the swerve, sir.
0: You know, I Lucky that they don't have cops instead of <laughs> stewards because they would definitely be giving him a breathalyzer as much swerving as he does. And, you know, it's funny. Rajiv Miraj said something yesterday, and, and he got a lot of crap for it. And, 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 you know, honestly, he's not wrong. No. In that he said something to the effect of that the reason this is happening is because the stewards aren't enforcing the rules, and that if you're a jockey and you don't do it, then you're at a disadvantage. And he is not wrong in that. And... and Yes, it's still a personal choice to be to ride dangerously. I mean, it's not as though anyone's forcing you to do this. No one uh, gives a rider leg up and says, hey, if you're at the top of the stretch and your lead's diminishing, you know, swerve and, and, and try to herd if you can. I mean, no one says that. <laughs> this, is, this is done entirely uh, on their own. But, I mean, not to defend them, but they're trying to win. And the fact of the matter is that it's like any other competition you're going to push to the edge is if you're, if, if no one is going to stop you from doing that. And, you know, one of the big issues that, that we've had, and this has been a constant theme on the show since I think one of our first shows was about this and nothing has really changed uh, because the stewards refuse to do their jobs and, it's just, and, and and we're not talking about the stewards at Keeneland or, or any place. It, it's kind of across the board. Um, and it's gotten to be a situation that's that's made it difficult for people watching races because you have a situation like the, today at Parks in one of the, like the third race or fifth race. Yeah, yeah. Where um, a horse who, who was on its way to winning and was clearly the best horse, was lugging in. And as he passed uh, the horse who, who was on the lead, he was having a little bit of trouble switching leads. And, and the rider got him to switch leads, and he was lugging in before he switched leads. Well, as soon as he cleared the horse who was in front of him, the rider hits him right-handed like three times. Which for a horse that was just lugging in, it's like the... the right, that's easy. That's do. like telling him to go back inside. And he really didn't... It, I mean, listen, I'm not on the horse, but it didn't look like there was any chance that horse was going to lose from there. And he caused the three horse who who he had passed to check. um, You know, relatively significantly. Enough to say that when the three was caught for second place by about two feet that enough damage was done that you could pretty accurately say that the three was cost a finishing position because it's difficult to say that the this you know the horse bearing in on him didn't affect him by two feet. And a lot of people disagreed with the call and they kept quoting rules that don't exist and and that's the thing <laughs> that people say. Well, well the horse is going to win anyways. Yeah, but that's not the rule. And I, I'm not <clears throat> defending the rule, not at all. I, I think the rule is it, it's ripe for misinterpretation, and it's one of those situations where um, you have conflicting uh, interests. In that you have the owners' interests and the connections, the jockeys and the, the trainer and the help for that matter, that they all get a piece of the actual and the horse has earned money. Uh, you have their interests versus the interests of the betters and, and they're not always uh, against each other, but, you know, think about the fact that if you bet the three to place or you had the, the I think it was the six horse, the six, three exact. Well, you know, you're, you're actually losing out, but the guys who had, or no, it was the seven. Th- seven. seven was it play. was the six, seven, yeah. Who was never going to win the race.
1: No, nope. He placed first because
0: of the actions of the seven against the three. Anyways, to make a long story short, because I'm kind of rambling, um, but people don't know the rule. The rule is that if you cost the horse a placing, which the seven clearly did cost the three a placing, and he's placed second, or excuse me, he placed third behind the three. But that's because people don't know what the rules are, number one. And this is this is allowed to happen far too often. Like, if I'm the steward, and, and again, stewards might have rules in individual states that allow them to do this or don't do this, which is, again, why HeISA totally dropped the ball by not making this the first thing that they fixed because that would have been an easy fix. If you have the ability to um, come in and, and wipe all the state rules out and just put one place, put one set of rules in place that everybody at every jurisdiction has to follow, which makes sense to every single person except those who uh, are involved with highs But, you know, you, you you could have wiped this out and, and made everyone, you know, and actually you could, have, you could have modified these rules. I mean, I would be in favor in some cases of, of leaving that up,
1: and given the jockey days,
0: oh well, yeah, given the jockey days, anyways, but doing this, compensating the three, the connections of the three for the difference between being second and third, it comes out of the winner's share.
1: That's actually a good idea,
0: and make it. You know, make the jockey pay his entire share if, if, if that's what it takes, starting with him, especially in cases like this today. Which I mean, Hernandez was completely to blame for that,
1: right? It, it was that was totally obvious. I mean,
0: that was his mistake, and mm-hmm. you know, he, he should get more than the usual two days or three day nonsense, you know, which is nonsense. The, the, I mean, it's just nonsense, especially. Um, well, I guess you you know in the Mid Atlantic where you you might be riding at two or three different tracks.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, they don't they don't run all that much.
0: Well they run. So like it's run.
1: hard. The three days, right? Three days a yes. week. Three days. But you know,
0: Delaware is going to be open. Laurel's going to be open. uh Penn, there, there's you know plenty of other races. Mammoth. Oh sure, yeah. So during the summertime, especially, there's opportunities in that area of the country for jockeys, you know, ride every day, every day. day. So the two-day suspension becomes, hey, let's go to Atlantic City for two days. But Hmm. um, I mean, there's there's just things that we should do because that's it's it's the same perfect rule. And you know, Pat Cummings would come on here and tell us about the Category One and this and that. The problem with the Category One rules is this. And the Category One rules basically say we're gonna leave the results stand unless like a horse falls down. You know, unless you clip heels and, and force a horse over the rail or something like that.
1: Some so, yeah. yeah that that sand, and super then they penalise
0: the jockey. The problem is that the penalties are never strong enough. I mean, I read i almost kill somebody to get thirty days and they gave him thirty days during the time when nothing's going on.
1: And right, was, didn't they didn't 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 that happen like in the spring and he didn't get anything until like it wasn't it in the winter? When he got those those that 30 days?
0: Uh, well, no, that he got the thirty days after the
1: Remsen, right? I remember it was at Aqueduct. The day
0: before he had cut off a bug boy and
1: dropped him and almost killed him. And then you know he, he didn't turned... he have something else happen in in Florida before he went up there too? No, um, no, no, what happened he, I thought was well, it was when he punched. This is, this is what <laughs> punched this, Paco. You, you,
0: your your timeline is a little bit off. Yeah, and that the Paco thing was was separately from from this. But he he dropped the bug boy on Friday. On Saturday in the Remsen he turned it to Bill Lambert and was elbowing and uh, I don't know, I can't remember who it was, but he was dropping the, the people's elbow down the stretch of the Remsen. And after that he got 30 days. Now the Remsen was run like the first week of December.
1: Okay. Um, so That's when, I, I was well, thinking it was he in the came spring.
0: back at Gulfstream like mm-hmm. three days after he came back, he Cut somebody off on the turf.
1: Maybe um, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, and, I, and
0: got DQ'd, but they didn't give him days. Which coming off a thirty-day suspension for reckless riding was like, you know, guys, it, you, we can't just pretend that each state's you know jurisdiction in, in terms of riding infractions shouldn't be taken into consideration. I mean. If a guy gets 30 days in New York, he shouldn't have a clean slate when he goes to Florida. He just got 30 days. He should be on you know, double secret probation or something. And we're not trying to pick on riders. We're just saying if you make the penalties strong enough, they will stop doing this. And you will always have an issue with a horse lugging out or a horse lugging in or, or, or tight quarters or, or jostling and uh, you know, it, it's not like there was no DQs 25 years ago. I mean, there was. But you watch the races back then. watch the big races. And you'll, you will you just don't see the hurting that you see, which happens all the time now. You just don't see it. It didn't happen. And, and you know, this idea that Ranger Cordero was a race ride and this and that, it, he, he didn't do half of what happens now. If you go watch Codex, and genuine risk in that preakness and the videos aren't great for it. But what he did in that race—that happens like every day now, <laughs> right? <laughs> like literally every day. And uh, it, it's just—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's what you always say, you know. Um, about tackling the issues that that you you can you can you know, tackle. And, and for some reason, nobody will tackle this. I, I don't, I don't
1: get it, man. I, I just don't get it. Be- well, that's what I mean. It, it seems easy to, to manage. I, I mean, as far as like Hissa goes and stuff like that, you're right. It's, it's just, you know, they should have started there with everything start there. It's something they could probably get accomplished. And then that kind of thing can carry some momentum into getting other stuff done. And, and, and not only that, if they could get it changed, it might give a little bit of goodwill to the people. You know, the people that matter in this, you know, funny enough, are the betters. And and it seems like they want to do everything but acknowledge that. It's just a bizarre concept to me
0: that you're going right. to put a whip rule in, but you're not going you, <laughs> to. Right, you but you're not
1: going to change rules or, or accommodate for that thing, you know. Because I remember when we were talking about it, um, especially with Mammoth uh, when they got rid of the the whips altogether, we were, you know, saying how it it just totally changed the product. It, ch- it it changed what you were seeing and how races were run, and that's the last thing we wanted to do. You know, I guess it's 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 a lot of again what you you said before. The people that are in charge and doing this weren't the ones that are in the sport doing the things that every day or even getting advice from people that are doing the stuff every day
0: yeah i mean it's the lowest of hang the lowest of low hanging fruit and, and for whatever reason they decided because i mean listen i'm not gonna say for whatever reason because heisa is Sort of not really what it's sold as, and I know a lot of people you know take the bait. But if you really wanted to fix horse racing, (laughs) I mean, this is the easiest thing to fix. No one's—you're not going to get pushback from anyone. That's the thing. Is if you standardize the rules of racing on the track, the on the track conduct, you're not going to get pushback. Even the jockeys are going to say, "Hey, you know what? Give us the rules." And, and, we'll, and, 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 we'll and we can it. live with them, mm-hmm. you know. Like instead, he put the whip rule in, which, which was, you know, a total pandering bullshit move that it, that's accomplished nothing. It's accomplished nothing. If you can go from the sixth pass and squeeze a horse on the rail in, in the biggest <laughs> stake of the day, at the biggest track open, and be held totally blameless. Because the other horse happened to win, and there was no inquiry because he, he, you know, the horse you tried to interfere with beat you anyways. Then, then what does what does that accomplish? Nothing. I don't want to hear at animal rights people. I've said this enough. They're not a factor. (laughs) Everyone says, "Oh, they're a factor. They're a factor," in no greater shape or way than they ever were before. They. They're, they're political organizations, and they lobby. And would they like to get rid of us? Well, kinda, because you know they, they make money fundraising to try to get rid of us. So once they get right. rid of us, well, then we'll find something else. We're an easy target. I'm not saying that, that that they're not in the ears of some of the politicians, because some of the politicians would take money from well, you know, take <laughs> money from people that uh, you know probably were dictators and, and things like that. But, um. It just it hasn't changed anything. You changed the rule, but it's not as though the people that are enemies of horse racing aren't still enemies of horse racing, of course. They're not doing anything more or less than they were before. And if they say they are, then they're lying. If they say, Oh well, we're we're not gonna, you know, they're lying. It's a complete lie. But, you know, Whatever, it's just just another solvable issue that we just, you know, pretend like we can't do anything about. You know, like, uh, I don't know, horses going from 23 to 1, 9 to 1 Uh, during the race. It's
1: hurtful. It is.
0: And I I guess, you know, I wrote a little diatribe on Saturday, and, and honestly, I was so pissed off about it on Friday and I didn't bet the horse. <laughs>
1: you know I didn't get <laughs> the race.
0: I, I didn't bet a penny on the race. And uh I, I was just so upset about it because it's just unexplainable to people that it's acceptable that this happens. It's just not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. Because it's impossible to explain away. And I, I don't know how else to express that other than it looks terrible. And the perception is is terrible. Oh, man, it's horrid. And in, in, a, in this sport, in, in a gambling sport... The perception that something is not on the up and up
1: is the worst thing you can have
0: happen to, to certain people who are damaging your sport. And I keep hearing, "Oh well, they say bullshit." That's <laughs> that's a crock of shit. The computer people are, are are necessary for this sport. They were brought in because the people in charge didn't do their jobs and and let the the actual people who breathe their handle, drop. They're just replacing. They're just a replacement. They're, they're not, they're, their growth is, is all in, in in fake handle. They make so much less in revenue from them because they give them so much. And when they create this, this huge public relations issue, especially at a track like Keeneland, you people sell a billion dollars worth of horses a year. You're some quasi nonprofit of some sort. Like of all the places, it just it's it's the tone deafness of it, and you don't hear any any official proclamations coming from um,
1: anywhere, anyone, anyone, nowhere, other than the the betters complaining about it. Let me tell you, as they should,
0: if. if, Forces started snapping their legs off at of the eighth pole. Every track out there would be up in arms and 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 oh, we're gonna do this and this is oh my god, this is terrible. Which it is it would be terrible, of course, but like they would all be oh, just, we got to get to the bottom of this issue and blah 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 blah. For this,
1: they're like man, maybe we'll get to it. Maybe I don't right. know because they're the ones
0: doing it. Let me yeah. tell you something. I, I'm going to tell you this. And and I don't care if anyone likes it or they don't like it. And, of course, this is never going to happen. Like, there's as good a chance of like, Tibbs calling me up and having me fly to Cleveland and then start and, you know, in the rotation tomorrow as, as this is happening.
1: All but right. if I was yeah. like a you know what? I heard, I heard in the rumor mill that you were going to get picked up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um i'm surprised swift didn't tweet that
0: out. <laughs> yeah swifts on a tweeting mission today it's all secret <laughs> though. It's all secret though it's a secret scroll yeah but here's all the info yeah <laughs> but if i was a computer hacker and i could never be a hacker not not only because like i got have like 3% of the brain power those people do but did you ever notice how damn fast those they type <laughs> Seriously, whatever you see, like, on the show of Attackers, I mean, they type, like, 5,000 words a, a minute. <laughs> I actually have a little friend, and she's, uh, she can t- uh, text, like, at
1: super sonic speed. It's, it's, like, incredible. Yo, my wife does that, too. Whenever like, I see say, it, I'm, like, I'm Swipe to text. Like, how can you do that? Right, like, I don't even. I there's no way, and she does it with her thumb and really fast, and I can't keep up. Anyways, they they type so fast, the hackers. But I
0: would hack the hell out of all those those, those Caw people. I would hack you out there. I would hack you. And let me t- let me just ask this: does someone actually put this on uh, on Twitter today? And, and I said to them this: If Hackers can get into, like, the Department of Defense files, and and they can hack every major bank and every big, you know, corporation. Knowing what we know about horse racing and its technology, (laughs) (laughs) what makes anyone think that a hacker, if they really wanted to, wouldn't be able to hack into these
1: these pools or this system. Well, they thought that before when they did the uh the fix six at Arlington. But that that was an inside. It job. was an inside job, but it's yeah. not impossible. But I'm just saying, if if
0: you can get, I mean, what's that guy's name? Julian Assange.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, Julian Assange. The the. Assange, yeah. yeah. Remember that guy. Yeah.
0: Like if we could recruit him to like, you know, bust into horse racing.
1: I mean, oh no! Uh, what's those other dudes? Anonymous. That's anonymous. What, that's what we need. Expect us. That's what if, we had. Maybe see. we should tweet at Anonymous on Twitter. Yeah. And and be like, hey, this. We got we got a we got a project for you. Stop the C A W madness.
0: <laughs> Forget about the Ukrainian war for a second and get Let's... on to this.
1: Well, you know what, for me, you know, um, it's a real huge pain in the ass because it adds another layer to an already difficult situation when you go to kind of, well, not kind of, but when you are handicapping and you're going to construct bets and things like that, it's a huge monkey wrench. Because, you know, especially at the at the last second, I I think that that what makes it worse than if it was just in general, you know, like it's almost like a bad morning line where it's just off and it just kind of upsets your 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 day sort of when you have a horse that you think is going to be fifteen to one that's four to one, and now I have to anticipate those kind of moves. Which I didn't have to do, you know, a few years ago. Well, I remember a couple of weeks ago when
0: I told you about the bet I made at Oaklawn and we we're talking about about price and how value doesn't have to be a long shot. That um, there was the Brad Cox horse that came out of the um, the Gotham that was kind of involved in a speed duel in the Gotham <clears throat> entered yep. in in the stake at Oaklawn but it was kind of like a, you know, a, more like an, a, an allowance race than a stake. Right. And, and I thought name. the horse was going to be <laughs> odds on. I thought the horse was going to be four to five. And he, and he was nine to five. And I waited and I waited and I waited and I waited, you know. And I kept expecting that, that hit, you know, the hit you always get right as they're loading in the gate when they go from nine to five to to six to five or even money. And I made the bet and I said to myself, well, I think the source is a great bet at, at nine to five. I think it's it's okay at, at, at three to two. And it's, you know, not so great lower than that. But I'm going to do it anyways. And I did, and the horse won. And that's the one that they on that light Wrong French, wrong French, uh, Jock. <laughs> um, Jerome got days for, it, even though there was no. Oh, game. yes, yeah. So, I remember that, yeah. That was like last like, week, like, like that scenario. Since we were playing horses since we were kids, that, that wasn't a scenario that we really had to worry about when you're betting right. at that moment when it's a five horse field and, and you, you push the button and of course when you're watching on on tv it's it's not you know it sounds a little bit of a delay so you're really playing Russian roulette and, and I think that's the the unfair advantage that they have more than anything is that they have the ability with a computer of course with an algorithm not a person has the ability to scan to get a final scan of the pools and and fill in the blanks where the value exists and that's something that we can't do i mean no matter how late we wait we still can't make those type of bets uh, especially if we're we're doing it through an adw um you know if you're 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 at the track you can't just stand in on the line and wait even if you have have the uh the, the bet punched into a uh one of the automatic, you know, the windows, you still have to push the button. And it's just, um, it's just one of those things that you it just makes you feel like you're getting ripped off. I mean, and I don't know how else to say that. And if I was trying to, you know, if I was made the czar of the sport, and I had the power to do this. I would. This was the first thing I would do: is I would start looking to get rid of these people. And you would say, "Well, Chuck, how can you get rid of the?" I, I would get rid of them. If we can get rid of twenty percent of our tracks, we can get rid of twenty percent of our, our our fake handle. Hmm. And that doesn't mean I would throw them out the well, day one.
1: But no, but you can you can you can mitigate their you know uh, effect on the pools. You somewhat, can. somewhat. I mean, and, at least and... on the odds, of it, it, by by shutting them off earlier, and that's it. That's it's pretty simple.
0: And it, it's it's understandably there's going to be a reaction if you cut them out of the wind pools by shutting them out like two minutes to post, like Nara's done. Then they're probably the money is gonna is gonna the, the wind pools will probably shrink a little bit, but. That money is, is, is getting bet somewhere else because they still have to bet volume. And the fact of the matter is that if you took a CAW team and you, you know, they, they're not stupid people. They're really not stupid people. They're smart people. or super smart people. They understand that uh, and, it, you know, that, that they need the general public's money. They need the sucker money. We're sucker money. They need us because without us, well, then they're going to wind up betting against each other. And each then, other, right?
1: And it's, 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 it's just it's, futile. It's, it's just an asinine venture at the, that point. <laughs> it's just like we got to do something else. If the power was, and and the, and the other thing is this: is
0: if they found something else to bet, if, if cricket offered them some great bet, oh, they'd cricket, go right over there. They would be gone in a heartbeat. They don't care about racing. They just make. They're just trying to squeeze out money. You know, like I, I don't care about. Uh, Uh, What's my big, uh, I I got a stock holding in a a company that that builds and operates uh, super tankers, oilers. And I don't care about that company other than I want the stock to keep going up. (laughs) And if if you told me that stock was going to go down, I would take my money out of that company and honestly put it somewhere
1: or keep it. I don't care if those
0: ships all sunk once I'm out of it.
1: Right, because it don't you know, matter to you.
0: Amen. Ain't, ain't my thing,
1: you know? You know what's funny about those, those teams um, is I have yet to see them miss uh, at a big track. So, like, Santa Anita, Naira, um, Gulfstream, Kentucky. I have yet to see them miss at a big track. I see them miss. What do you mean? Not very often on uh, little tracks. And miss mean, meaning they, they pump their money into a certain horse. Odds drop significantly. And that horse loses instead of wins. Um, and I, I've seen it a couple of times at harness. I saw it the other day, one time at Evangeline Downs. Um, And the only reason I know that is because I actually bet a race at Evangeline Downs. And I was the benefactor of that miss. Um, the, The horse I liked was three to one on the morning line. They drilled some other horse that was, I think, maybe four to one. That one ended up being six to five. And then my horse went up to six to one. Yeah, it's just weird um and it's and it's something that you can't really predict uh it like <clears throat> you know you can't predict it ahead of time for the most part you can kind of well but, you
0: you know i mean everyone gives you the old um you know the look at the doubles and the doubles will give you a pretty
1: good idea of of what the win uh, yeah, prices will be but you can't do that you know playing a sequence you know uh, yeah, and don't right. know what they're playing in that same sequence, like a pick four, pick five, right? Exactly. You don't, right? There's you no don't of, know what no they're, they're betting. So it it, it it highly affects a lot of the stuff, especially in the planning stage. I mean, I mean, I'll be honest, Barry. I don't even give a shit about all the mathematics about it. And no, I just I, want I to understand stop. the like revenue.
0: I understand that if they they make a deal and they say, "All right, we're gonna." promise you x amount of handle well that's
1: cool that's fine
0: that that that, that, that that's why they do this but yeah. the, if if you want to look at it and I, and this might be a naive approach but if you want to look at it from a long term perspective this is like a death knell i mean how do you seriously how can you justify um, to people that a horse should be 9 to 1 but was 23 to 1 when you bet at the last Possible second that you can bet. So let me ask you this: If you don't think the horse is a good bet at nine to one, and you think say fifteen to one is is your cutoff for the horse, and and he's twenty three to one, and you're a dedicated, you know, I'm not going to play wagers that I don't think I'm getting fair value on. You know, you're you're a which is which is how people probably should be, um, but. How can you tell me that I, I should be willing to accept 9 to one on a horse who I cannot get a bet down past you know, a certain point, and he's 23 to one at that point. So say I pass on that, assuming that the price is going to go down to 9 to one during the running of the race, and it doesn't goes down to 18 to 1 or 15 to 1 or 19 to 1 or doesn't go down at all well now you've pissed me off again because i made the assumption based upon the doubles
1: right and stayed away
0: so how do i win that's my question and this is the question i have how do i win am i supposed to say well i, I i'm counting on the teams to play uh at the last second to drive the price down to to, to normalize it what from where the double should be, because all those
1: pools are always accurate. I mean, you can't. I mean, any of the scenarios we presented, you can't win. Like and that's it, what it, I mean. And, and, just, and you know, this is supposed to be.
0: I, I understand the the economic. Um, you're talking about a lot of money, and there's going to be pros in there, and you're going to have people that are are, you know, mathematically further ahead. Uh, <laughs> The, the use algorithms and things that may not be, you know, people that are betting $50 million, $100 million a year. Uh, there's going to be smart people in the pools. There, there's going to be movement in the pools. But that's the question I have is, is that how can you say that this is not a psychological slap in the face to you? Because this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be looking for horses that are, are you know, under bet. And you're supposed to be playing against horses who are over bet. I mean, basically – this is the object <laughs> of, of, of the game, and now you're telling me that I, I, I have to just guess what price I'm going to get. It's you know, like, and, and then you say to yourself, "Well," and, and this is this is the, the the this is this is where it gets really murky, is that the Strana Group. Owns Elite with Naira bets, And they're getting pressured by these groups to try to... In this Australian outfit to try to install fixed odds wagering. Now, knowing what we know... It makes It'll no ruin sense. them! It makes no sense to, for them to, to put fixed odds wagering in. Because they're, they're doing it already. To, because you're going to take money out of the paramutual pools that, that feeds...
1: What Your you company. need, right? That's what they need.
0: So, so how does that make sense? That you're if you're if you're not going to try, because essentially, I would just say this: that I, I just don't see any real pressure or push by anyone in this business, maybe outside of us, uh, and 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 pull the pocket um, <laughs> to actually grow the business. To grow the wagering business.
1: Well, that's the thing, you know, because this that, is not that, growing
0: the wagering business. This is sustaining what their their, their handle is that they right. It's filling the gap of a say,
1: shortfall, basically.
0: Still, you know,
1: like it's filling the gap of a shortfall. So again, they recognize the problem, put it in a solution, but what they really need to do is understand the problem. And try to replace that money that these computer teams are pumping into the, into the pools. So if they can replace that, fine. But they have no plan on how to do that. And you, ha- and you need new people to do it. You need new fans, new, new players, new everything. You need to tap into some market that you haven't yet in order to replace that money or even cut it in half. Right, and we have the absurdity of
0: thinking that that, that having single wallet is, is going to draw sports players, and which is which is
1: absurd, and and it's it's more than just well, it's odds it's, for, not, it's, it's not it's not totally absurd. Just, it's just not it is absurd, feasible to 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 replace the kind of handle that we need as an industry with those sometimesy kind of sports betters that will venture over, play a couple races, then go back to doing you know it, basketball, baseball, football, whatever.
0: I think it's absurd to believe that that we're going to get any significant handle from sports wagers because the fact of the matter is right. our people have left for them.
1: Exactly. That's the thing. And nobody's acknowledging that.
0: Like, if you're a sports better of any significance, I'm not talking about a guy who bets 100 bucks a weekend. I'm talking about someone who bets uh, a significant amount of a relatively significant amount into five figures a, a month. You know horse racing exists. <laughs> like like do you think the people who are who, who have the, the, the premonition to gamble don't know about horse racing?
1: Damn, that was probably one of the first things they did know.
0: We had a monopoly
1: on this right we, we had a monopoly. I was gonna say horse racing is probably the first thing they knew about <laughs> That's the what
0: I mean, gambling. Man. We had a monopoly. We, they had a monopoly on, on, on internet wagering for
1: Legal Never. internet
0: wagering for like eighteen years, twenty twenty plus years, yeah, you know and and it's like, but now we're gonna it's just this bizarre it it's just let me just say this, it ain't gonna work, so, <laughs> <laughs> so all all you industry people that are out there, you know it isn't gonna work. trust me, and you're gonna have players that are gonna love it. My dad would love it, but you know what it would do with my dad? Could siphon off some of his horse racing action, right? It, it would it would definitely limit his his his. Horse he, he's not going to set up a, an offshore count because he has, you know, he has like
1: some some horse at Belterra that he. Wants his to set. His, <laughs> his trust
0: level on on, on people people uh, signing up on things
1: is rather
0: low. Good. But What I'm saying That's is good. That he's not going to get duped. No, but he he would he would be a guy that, that might you know bet a little bit. Here and there, uh, and dabble a little, and and that would mm-hmm. cost horse racing. It would cost them money. It wouldn't help them. Right? It wouldn't bring them in. But this, but but growing the sport has has got a lot more to do than just takeout than just odds changes. It Has to do with with fixing the problems that we see, like the parks incident today, where half the people are confused about what the hell they saw. And a lot of people have strong opinions, even though those opinions are 100% against what the actual rule, as currently written, is. And that's, like, one of the things that, that is a huge impediment for this game. And the people don't understand the rules that well.
1: There's so and, many, and they're so convoluted. And no one it's explains smart. it. Right. And that's the other thing. is no explanation ever anywhere. And the ones that you do see... It's just a lot of nonsense, like a whole bunch of just jargon that, you know, it's not in layman's terms. And people turned off by it immediately. reads like a law book. If you want to fix this game, and
0: that's, you know, we get to the, the question that we say to ourselves and in private conversations do they really want to because they don't make efforts to now Churchill wants to have the greatest Kentucky Derby weekend uh, ex- experience for everyone that goes there because they make you know gobs of money on that thing and they should it's a great weekend I mean I'm not going to sit here and say well you know I don't enjoy it I, I do the racing is great and um, it, it's always exciting of course if you're at the races and there's people there and I liked the last year when I was there. The the uh, not having to stand in line hmm. for, for food and stuff, like having the all inclusive um, was good. But the um, prime rib, bro. Yeah, the primary was okay. I think maybe up in uh, the place where you get the, you have to spend like eighty nine thousand for a table. I oh, think the they, Tom Brady, they, Brady suites. Yeah, I think they might have got the better prime ribs. Um, but anyway, we were in the Jim Kelly suites but um you know part of growing the game is 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 fixing the product the product stinks man let's not let's let let's not pretend like the product is great the product is not great the on track product is a problem it's been a problem and we're not addressing it at all um you need to get i mean there's there's a couple different approaches that need to be adopted like we need more owners and we need more owners that are independent that that aren't
1: right you know, wanting to like five else. owners for one horse and you know we should, right, right. We, we're, we're
0: getting close to where we should have a rule where uh, you know you can only have so many owners own a horse period just because it takes up too many lines in the damn program <laughs> I would honestly you know what I would do? I don't and I don't care cuz this would work and and everybody says oh we can't do the if you own if if there's 10 major owners like the Baffert horses I'd let them name one at all. If they don't like it, you know what? Buy your own horse. You guys can all afford it. Right. You can all afford it. You got to if you got to combine with nine other billionaires, well, you know what? Too bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, bad. I'm with you there. You know, cuz
0: Buy the track. So yeah, five billion. Buy the track. Then. you know what? Mm-hmm. Spend your money. Buy the racetrack and, and 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 donate. Do it. Then do whatever the hell you want. But horse racing, then,
1: more than the NBA, is bad for having super teams. Of course, the NBA they actually have to you know play play. <laughs> yeah, the super teams in horse racing, no bueno.
0: No, it, it's it's. A drain on the sport
1: especially when it's like billionaires it
0: kills your product man it kills it and it just isn't you know for so many people it just isn't isn't fun anymore and this is not wall street you know this isn't like supposed to be a total investment i mean no one gets into wall street and says ah this is fun you know you're, you're, you're investing money because you want to make money You're putting maybe, in a lot of cases, your your, your retirement. You know, your your life depends on it in some ways. And it's not real fun. And this is different. It's supposed to be entertainment of sorts. And at its best, on the big days, which unfortunately are like the only days now where we get a whole lot of competition, a whole lot of competitive fields, and you know, racing done well is still great. The problem is that that we only are, are, are concentrating on on you know helping the people that don't need any help. It's just uh, you no, know, it's just a bad way of doing things. I, I don't know how else to say it. Just there's no. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no planning. uh, And understandably, there's a lot of different divergent groups that move in different ways. But in the end, everybody would benefit from a better racing product, a stronger racing product that had more money bet on it. I mean, I'm against this whole idea, and I've been against it for 25 years. This idea that, oh, we need fewer tracks. That's bullshit. Tracks are your... um, that's how you attract people to this business right that's the gateway in the gateway great that's a good word really good word it, it's tough to get people interested in horse racing if they don't see live horse racing it just is and it's
1: i mean it's literally everybody more, it's that you difficult everybody that you talk to and and you ask them how they get into the sport it's always live event It's never I was watching it on TV. My grandfather, my my mom's friend, my mom, my grandmother, something like that. Always taking them to the track. Like, oh, this is a cool place. I want to come back again. That can still happen. (laughs) You know, it's just it's just it's just there was no effort because they didn't have to way back when because they were on top. It kind of did it, you know, its own marketing. And then throughout the 80s, 90s, into the 2000s, they got complacent. Then the advances in, in technology allowed for ADWs. And now we're in a situation where it, the, most of the industry is dependent on slot machines, which states can just cut out in a heartbeat. Not a good space to be in for for an industry.
0: No, you lose control of of your destiny when when politicians get involved. I mean, look at the whole disaster in Maryland.
1: Oh man that that that's that's shit. It seems like it's never gonna end. Until oh, like end. and it's until gonna... until it really ends, you know. It's like, gonna gonna more end, chemical, all right. No more Laurel and then you're like, oh well
0: now what? Yeah. It's 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 a big, big, big problem. You have a track company that screwed up and didn't apply for slots. They didn't they they didn't put the, the I think it was twenty five million dollar retainer they needed to put up they just didn't do it and that screwed them f- i mean there was a blood horse article about it the other day and had to Alan out said that hey you know this was really the domino that, that that really made this difficult um because it would be different if if they did have them but they don't Uh, The Maryland Jockey Club, Laurel and Pimlico, they receive money from the horsemen from purses. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's
1: insane. Purses
0: would be higher in Maryland if they had done that. Like, right off the bat, they would be higher. Just because the horsemen wouldn't have to gift the track money to, to stay in business. Of course, if the horsemen don't. And there's no track to run. Well, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you'll be in a situation like the the horsemen in, in Massachusetts are in, where they have money accruing in the purse account, but they have no track.
1: No track to run it. <laughs> That's
0: right. So so now, you know, in Massachusetts you have all these sketchy projects trying to put up some crap track the you know, that has the I know, bare they're... minimum because there's a ton of money. Yeah. Um, sitting in a bin, you know, but in Maryland, you know, you're at a a situation where you have Pimlico, which is a track that's, you know, in in terrible shape. You have Laurel, which is a track that's in bad shape. You have all kinds of issues that need to be addressed uh, and no money to do it. So, you know, even a couple of years ago, when Bowie was still operating as a training center, huh. um, it would have been at least um, a stopgap measure where, you know, you, you needed to move racing to one place or the other place. You would at least have a a, a way to have a, a chunk of of the horse population uh, stabled. But now you don't have much of anything. You don't have Pimlico. Um, You don't have, you know, Laurel has all sorts of issues. And I think reading that article that the key, um, the key phrase was they were talking to, um, uh, there was a quote. Man, where is it? Oh, here it is. Under the new legislation, Bill Cole, lead negotiator for the city of Baltimore in the process, says about 400 million will be available. Yet, that still leaves a deficit of about 200 million. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: oh, by the way.
0: <laughs> so the state's not going to put that, the state's not going to gift that money to Stronic Group. Stronic Group won't put it up. I'm calling them the Stronach group. It's the first it just sounds stupid. Um, and Baltimore, I don't think they have the money. So the Pimlico needs to keep the Preakness. It'll never go. Obviously, Stronics tried to move the the Preakness to Laurel, which, on the face of it, was probably not the, the right thing. Dumbest move, but it was probably right. Um, but the people in Baltimore of course like lost their minds and Baltimore's a tough city to, to, to move things out of because you know the cults left in the middle of the night so um, yeah there's that that undercurrent of hey we're going to move this out of Baltimore kind of gets a lot of uh, yeah a little pushback
1: neg- a little pushback
0: yeah so you know, I think there's even a Maryland law that the preakness has to be held in Baltimore, the city of Baltimore. So, you know, you have all these little little issues, but the big issue is there's just not enough money. And, I mean, they're still looking from that first bond project, uh, you know, the Maryland Jockey Club is going to be $20, $30, 40000000 million in debt to the federal government for taxes on money that they can't even use. I mean, that's that's like the, the worst thing.
1: Possible. That's a, that's a, just kicking the balls. To be <laughs> yeah, that, that's the only way you can explain that.
0: And if you are bullish about Maryland racing, man, you are you are an optimistic person, my friend,
1: because I don't see how this is gonna work. Well, Pimlico and... is on the verge of being like like Gulfstream Park West, like Tent City. God, I mean
0: right and, and and the issue you have is is even bigger than that because you know you have issues um with the racetrack at, at laurel they oh, closed last week so it's got to be fixed at some point and you know that there's talk about building a maybe a training center somewhere else or it just is like a lot of a lot of wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. A lot of like, dreaming going like, on. Like a
0: lot like in a perfect world. All well, this is what we'll do. We'll do this. We'll fix we'll, we'll fix Pimlico. We'll, we'll We'll rebuild the grandstand, modernize it, you know, and uh, we're going to fix the backside there and then fix the track and it'll be great and uh, you know, we'll get rid of Laurel because they have too many problems and I, I think they even have like
1: wetlands. But then they just rebuild and and upgrade that their Facility there though the grants no, no they, oh, I it was no. like fairly they, new. They it's put like a sports book in or something,
0: but it's not like you know, you know, it's like two percent of what needs to be done. Uh-huh. um You know, but then we're gonna build a training center somewhere like like this stuff. Pff, you know, like it's free. The thing about a training center is, it, it's a huge drain. You, you right. doesn't. It doesn't create revenue really. Yep. Yeah, it creates revenue in a indirect manner and that the horses at the stable there run at the track uh, you know creating the revenue but it isn't like Maryland racing is a real lucrative uh, venture at this point it's not like they handle a lot of money there um, so I, I, I just don't know like I mean Maryland is a traditionally you know strong state for racing it's been around for a long time uh-huh. they used to have Unfortunately, like places like New England used to have a ton of tracks, most of which are gone now. And you know, you're talking about setting up some sort of state uh, nonprofit, and and you know, sort of like Delmar, and but Delmar was was set up like that a long time ago, and things are are so much different now that i just I just don't I, mean, I I hate to be so pessimistic, but man it it just seems like a long shot in horse race in in this business, in this industry. how many of these pie in the sky plans ever actually work out?
1: Not um, many <clears throat> not many.
0: You know, and and you would think even if if um, all right, let's say that they do come up with the funds to to renovate Pimlico and fix it up, maybe do like a Meadowlands, you know, where where the grandstands not nearly as big, mm-hmm. and they have the ability to make a tent city on the Preakness weekend and stuff, uh, and you get rid of Laurel, and you did come up with some sort of rural training center that that. Uh, stable enough horses you know if you you put together some sort of circuit with Virginia in the summertime and Mm -hmm. Delaware um you know I'm I guess Pimlico would have to be in the spring well hell I don't know what they would do in wintertime but um, (laughs) I mean working together in some sort of regional program I guess I guess parks really could be a winter yeah track. parks
1: should be in there right yeah detach them from New York you know because they kind of you know but if, like, if
0: you talk about you know four different states four different horsemen's groups four different it's, track a companies, it's like ugh, a headache you can't even get them to not run the races at the same time <laughs> Then that's pretty easy. All you got to do is tell, tell the stewards. Yeah, hold it up for two minutes. Okay, there you solved the problem.
1: Well, I've heard, and this is reliable sources I have, that there is a there's a couple of tracks that don't want to play nice with the others.
0: Oh, of course not.
1: Listen, for years, Gulfstream, they aimed to run
0: uh, over over the races uh, I can tell days. you including their own
1: tracks I can tell you Gulfstream's not one of them well they used to be not anymore
0: no, they used to be
1: very they were oh uh, like, yeah big well, you
0: could tell <laughs> they were culprit number one they would just I mean, eat it up to try to run on top of Naira's.
1: any place that puts in a roulette bet, you got to got but go I'm, but you're but what you're saying is 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 it's true though,
0: it just goes back to the whole thing of like, what are we really doing? Like, do, do, does anyone really want to solve the issues of the sport? Because every year the Jockey Club Roundtable has all these people, and they say all this stuff, and everybody, oh yeah, great idea, and and whatever happens, nothing, nothing. And the symposium in Arizona, everybody says, oh, we should do this, we should do that, we should do this, and everybody, you know, oh, we're all in solidarity, and then what happens? Nothing. <laughs> And we have all these issues, issues that, that just don't get solved. And, and, and everyone just buries their head in the sand on it. And it's just frustrating from a standpoint well, uh, from like where we stand because we
1: see these issues. And, and they're fixable. That's the thing. Uh, you know, a lot of them are, you know, really small stuff, but could go a long way into fixing the other bigger stuff. And they just don't want to acknowledge that. They don't want to acknowledge there's an issue in the beginning. They don't want to come up with ways to fix it. And then they don't want to implement anything to fix it. And that's where we're, you know, we're left in this space that is very conflicting where it's like, we love the sport. We like to play. We want to play races. We want to see the races. We want, you know, be involved, but there's so much stuff going down the drain um, with, with every part of this industry that it it's like, man, you know, it, it's really hard to be positive about certain things. Um, unless it's like a big racing day where all that stuff kind of goes away, you know, it's like, you know, Florida Derby day or Tampa Bay Derby day or something like that. And everybody's like, oh man, man, I can't believe this sport is so great and everything. And then, you come back on that Tuesday and there's one track running and they may even cancel because of rain. And it's like, what are we doing? That's, that's true. <laughs> it's very true. I, I just don't understand the the level of desire that the powers that be have, or why they don't have the desire to fix these things. everything's broken in the sport. And that's the right. thing. Right. There's like a lot of things everywhere you right.
0: look, it's a broken Absolutely. model that can't be sustained. Right. Some old stuff that then. And, and I mean, at- think about this situation. Uh, someone put up something about LASIKs, about you know, how horses go on LASIKs, they come off LASIKs, they don't get it when they're two, they get it when they're three, they don't get it in this right. And uh, of course, the establishment's idea is, so I'll just get rid of it, you know. And, oh, my God, how, how, why are so many horses missing races and, and having gaps in their schedule and, and oh, not racing anymore because they're bleeding, you know. But anyways, you look at the situation, and this is how, how things don't make sense a lot of times. If you're a commercial breeder and you're against Lasix, you're basically telling your customers, the people who buy your horses, we don't care about you. We don't care if you buy a seven hundred thousand dollars horse that may turn out to have a, a breathing issue or a, a, a bleeding issue that you can basically manage with a thirty dollars shot. Well, we don't care. They're against it, and it made no sense. <laughs> you know, it it never made any sense because. Like from the point of a, of, a, of a breeder who sells horses, why would you want to damage um, the financial wherewithal of your customers? And that's what you're doing, because there's going to be a certain segment of horses that, that are just going to be hampered or inhibited by, by bleeding. It's just the way it is this, these days. This idea that oh we're gonna get rid of it or you can you can cure a, a physical issue by just not treating it it's just insanity. But that's kind of the logic that was used, and and now everyone's like oh well you know maybe maybe we should rethink this. Well, just it's it's just why didn't you think this in the first place? Stop right. thinking about the theoretical. Oh, this might do, and this might. It never happens in this this way. It never happens this way. Or they, they, you know, we do things like we lower takeout for a meet, and then immediately bump it back up because, uh, you know, handled it and spiked three hundred
1: percent. Right. They, they have to be patient. Let let it play out, and then over time, in the long run, it's just like gam- you know, gambling. Takeout. You do things. You do certain things and habits and build habits in, in the beginning or or early on so in the long run they pay off and and it's just like the whole sport has no idea how that works it, it just
0: it's just baffling to me that if you think about commercial breeders wanting the sport to shrink what are you talking about <laughs> like <laughs> right. Know, those breed, are the last people you're, you're, you would think you're, you're, would you're want best, the, the sport to shrink. It's like, no, we you want as many more stallions are breeding, you know, 9% stake winners, 8% stake winners. That means,
1: you know,
0: the, the, you're producing a whole lot of ones that aren't stakeholders. Right. A so bunch like, of duds like, by you keep, your standards you keep shrinking the sport, uh, how, how are you going to just produce good ones? Right. Where are the other ones going to run at?
1: And they're going to be less. We have less of them. It's baffling to me.
0: It's like freaking baffling to me. And it, it just to me is it's like people in this game as much as any other industry. And I happen to know a lot more about this industry than a lot of other industries that just you know don't know <laughs> because I've never been involved with them. But and I say that because, you know, I see other industries thriving and I see ours not thriving. But for whatever reason, more people believe what they want to believe more than what
1: reality. is
0: actually real. <laughs> <The> Reality—it's <laughs> crazy to me. I—it's I, crazy when people that wouldn't know how to train a horse to save their life try to lecture me on training horses. I mean, that have been the world's greatest trainer. I didn't win thirty-four percent. I—I didn't have any magic potions or anything like that. But I, I certainly know a lot more about it than most people do. And to tell me that oh this doesn't actually happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like telling a, a basketball coach, eh, players never sprain their ankles. It's all bullshit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gets hurt. They're just they're just lazy. They don't
0: want to they just want they don't they don't want to play. They're just
1: lazy. You know what the stupid part is somebody probably believes that
0: exactly believe me people believe all kinds of nonsense but it's just like there's some basic truths that you just can't avoid and and they still don't want to hear it because it doesn't fit with the narrative that they have created or or someone else has created for them you know to think every oh everyone's cheating well of course everyone's not cheating Everyone's not cheating because, number one, you don't even know what cheating
1: is. Define cheating. Right. I don't don't know what that is because it's really kind of um, selective, I guess. And have you talked to a lot of these people? The ones that are cheating or the ones that are accusing of the cheating? The ones that...
0: (laughs) The ones that people would say are, are part of the everyone is cheating and you talk to them and it's like these people don't even know what planet they're on let cheats. cheat <laughs> The standard to become a horse racing trainer at this point in, in time to be a thoroughbred trainer is, is very, very, very low. I mean, it's not like there's a process that weeds people out. <clears throat> and if there is, it's a freaking horrible process (laughs) you know when i stopped training and i was doing this feed company for the hvpa uh i got a lot of. it was it was actually an educational process for me in that i was able to go into other people's barns a lot of them and and just you know talk to them and, and see how they do things because you know when you're training your horses, you you train your own horses. Maybe you share a barn with a guy, or maybe you have a couple friends. You you know you you hang out with a little bit at the rail and talk about this and that. But for the most part, we don't talk business at the rail. You're you're standing there watching horses train, and a lot of when you're training is a lot of standing around waiting for your horse to come around from the other side, or, or waiting for them to walk up from the track. Or so there's a lot of dead time, and most of the time it's talk. You're talking about. Whatever it is that people like that talk about and It's not hey what are you Feeding your horse you know <laughs> um, But
1: Going to the shockwave right over But right I saw over. a
0: lot of things and I gotta tell you <laughs> <laughs> The level of Horsemanship Across the board Has dramatically Dropped and that is even taken into consideration that the amount of things that we know about horses has, the, the knowledge has, has been blossomed. blossomed. Yeah, expanded greatly. But there are a lot of outfits that don't put bandages on horses' legs. They don't do horses up. They don't put them in ice. They don't do anything for them. And you don't see, you know, they, they have one groom taking care of seven horses. I mean, you just can't get the same quality care. They're just not the horsemen that, that that used to be. It doesn't mean everybody was great back in the day, but I think just the average um, trainer is, is probably a lot lower on the horsemanship scale than the average trainer was in days past. Um so this this idea that everyone's cheating is just stupid. Was everybody cheating in baseball when when Mark Maguire was hitting seventy home runs? Well how come yes. everybody wasn't hitting forty or fifty? How come you how come the leader wasn't hitting seventy and the guy in thirtieth place was wasn't at forty five? How come were still guys hitting two? And four.
1: Yeah, I, I remember that time was like, you know, you really thought just by what you were hearing on the news and reading in newspapers and what have you, that all you had to do is just take steroids and you can hit home runs like it, there was nothing else to it. It was just that and that alone. Which is absurd because that's not reality.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't. You know... It's not that we don't think there's people taking an edge because we absolutely do. Of course they are. I absolutely do think there's there's people that are doing that. But it sure ain't the guys that are that are starting forty two horses a year and winning four. <laughs> like Ed DeRosa last year was trying to tell me that a guy who was had one of the most abysmal records in the game over the last five years. Just a guy that never won automatic throw, that he set a race, a horse up for a race. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the more. <laughs> Maybe he got it confused with this. Was, was was one of the more baffling thoughts that a person of that skill could do that.
1: Maybe he got it confused with like. If a you big, win Dick Francis 3%
0: over year after year after year. You're not setting anything up because you don't have the ability to win. <laughs> well, period. <laughs> Nobody's that. <laughs> you couldn't take out enough money. Nobody's th- that patient that they could just accept losing for like 3 years in a row to set up a bet where the horse wins at 8 to 5. Who's just nuts. It's true it's true man. Sometimes way too much credit is given. There's a lot of random stuff that happens in a horse race. Mm. I am telling you, man, I've had horses that would run so much better than we, you'd expect. And a lot of times they'd never run that race back again. And you didn't know why they ran it that day. <laughs> for whatever reason, everything clicked. And you, I mean, it happened a lot of times the other way where you'd expect a horse to run good.
1: And, and they wilt. don't. Yeah. yeah.
0: I had a horse named Alvin. He was by Johar. And we were working him at Arlington. And this horse was working like as good as a steak horse, like a real steak horse, not like, you know, a BS steak horse, like a real horse. I'm like, Man, this horse is good. And I had Renee Douglas come work the horse. And she was the top jock. And, and I had good history with Renee. And Renee would tell me the truth. Uh, you know, he, he was a little blunt and Sometimes people didn't like that. But <laughs> they I was, a little like, too much. Yeah, right? I, I was, hey, take happy. it easy, Renee. Hold on. <laughs> because when he told you one was good, then they were good, you know? Yeah. And I, I had him work this horse and company. And he come back, he's like, Wow, this is man, this horse is like like really good. So we ran him and of course this is on the the poly track. We run him in the afternoon, he goes off like eight to five first time out. <laughs> Douglas rides him.
1: It <laughs> doesn't run a step. It doesn't run a step. <laughs> he's like, I don't know what happened.
0: He's not like, galloped he, he galloped out in the morning. Five, he worked five days. He galloped out three quarters and like 111 and three. In the race, they go like 113 and he gets beat like 10 lengths. <laughs> and he comes back and he's like,
1: I don't know what happened.
0: He goes, I can't, but it's not the same horse. Well, you know what was happening was we were working him and I'd work him early in the morning to get him out just because he, he was a horse that was kind of nervous and mm-hmm. he was best to get out early before it got got warm out and you know because he'd sweat a lot. Um so we would always work him early. Well there was a lot of dew and moisture in the track at that time. Because uh-huh. first thing in the morning it's it's very and, and you know that poly track when it was new would tighten up. It would get super tight. So the morning um would be the times would be super fast, and then by the afternoon in Chicago, in June it was in hot. July, it's hot. Yeah, and they had a lot of oil in it at that point too. This was when the track was was pretty new, and it would get a lot looser, and they couldn't put enough water on it. You know, the water trucks put water on it, but it would just one of the great things that we were sold about synthetic tracks was how well they drain. Right, well, it's a double edged sword. It's great when you get torrential rain. It's bad when you're trying to put water on the track because it
1: drains, Too hot. Well. right? It doesn't, it doesn't
0: hold the water very well. And it just was one of those examples of a horse that, like, if if you saw his works, you'd think that they they made him up. <laughs> How's it
1: possible for a horse to run three seconds slower
0: in the afternoon? Doesn't make any sense at all, but fact of the matter was that the track just wasn't the same track.
1: Okay, so I have a question.
0: He wound up being okay on the turf, that horse. He, he was a decent enough horse. But... Yeah.
1: So, I have a question. How long did it take you to figure that out? One start. Yeah? It was like, oh, I know what it is. Douglas said, he goes, man, this ain't, it's, it's, he doesn't handle the
0: track at all. He goes, I, I can't believe it's the same horse. And then he said, I had some horses like that. He goes, you know, in the morning, it's, it's the track is tight. and He goes, in the afternoon, track is loose <laughs> and it was like pff, it makes sense you know it, it does it is, that's very but, logical but um but you wouldn't think about them. i mean that's like something that, that you don't think about until you actually experience it. it's one of those oh it makes sense now but who thought of that hey you know you, horse works over the track you say oh horse likes the track uh, and, and at that time we didn't have a whole lot of experience with synthetic tracks either <laughs> i mean Turfway was was a uh, talk about a debacle for a while it would clump so much in the first the first uh, iteration of the, the poly track that, that they put in the turf with it w- what we were doing was running horses barefoot and in the paddock when you're saddling them you'd spray the bottom of their shoes with the
1: pan feet. right Yeah, sticking right. so it wouldn't stick sticking. to their feet
0: they would they would come back and there'd be clumps and and they'd be like like, like an inch taller because they'd be the stuff it all be clumped in their hooves, which of course can't be, you know, conducive to running. No good. <laughs> but there's so many things that can happen. in I had that one Philly the one first time out, closing day at Churchill, the one year paid seventy-five to one. So I tell see, people she couldn't see that well out of her left eye. And it, was the, it was the craziest thing. I think I told the story before. Yeah. Where she couldn't run much. She never showed much at all. And my exercise rider figured out she can't see out of her left eye. She has a, like, she can't, it's not she can't see, she has spots. So if you're close to the rail and, and like, the quarter pole came up, she'd see it, but it, it, she wouldn't see it till the last minute.
1: And then jump. And, and she'd
0: bolt from it, right? Yeah. yeah and jump away. Cool. I remember Phil Teeter wrote her, and I told Phil, I said, "Whatever you do, don't go on the rail. <laughs> you know, she can't see that good out of that left eye, and and, uh, and things. You know, just just watch it because she'll duck out, and you know she doesn't have a lot of speed, and just do what you can." I entered her for like maiden, like twelve, like maiden fifteen, and I I don't I don't think I got in the race, <laughs> and I wound up running in her in a maiden special.
1: She won that one.
0: She won. She won the maiden special. She circled the field. She looked like Turkmen. She was. Lou <laughs> Cryposh is, is is calling her on the turn, and 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 I, I couldn't hardly see because I was on the first floor of the, of the way the grandson used to be, and they're kind of coming straight at you, you know, and um, and it was a it was a big field. I think, a matter of fact, it might have been a fourteen horse field. For a while, they were running fourteen. And she got out outside of the crown of the track. She was literally in the 12 path, And she ran by them all. And she never ran a step forward the rest of her life. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Matter of fact, I remember uh, <laughs> the girl that owned the horse, Kim, she was like, Chuck, run the horse. See if it, it's worth even shipping to Florida. Because we were heading to Florida like, you know, next week she's like i don't want to ship an unraced three-year-old to florida and then go down there and find out she's no good because you don't really think she's any good right i said no not really so she's like i don't care what race you run her just run her in a race so that's why we wound up in this race and we shipped <laughs> her to florida and she ran terrible <laughs> she went off the, she went off like eight to five and, and i can't remember her name um and I'm sure if I looked it up, uh, some of the details might have got screwed up somewhere, somewhere down the line. But she was 75 to 1. And uh, she was by Thunder Gulch. And I think she went off chalk at, at Tampa, like like 8 to 5, in her next start and allowance race and psh, you know, smoked. <laughs> didn't do nothing at all. ran her a couple more times. She was nothing. I don't know where that race came out of. I mean, seriously, I don't even matter of fact, it wasn't even the full race because for the first, Maybe half mile, she, she didn't crazy. run at all. She yeah. wasn't running. <laughs> and then the second half mile, she, she was literally like a
1: freight train, freaking
0: Senyata. It's the damnedest thing. Never ran another step.
1: So, I mean, there's a lot. Oh, of- you juice trainers. Stop it.
0: <sighs> I guess I didn't bring the juice with me. <laughs> but, um, uh... Yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of things that are just, it's just hard to explain. Every, everyone has got this idea that trainers know all oh, they know their horse is going like Swift, Swift's like, ah, this trainer likes this horse, this trainer likes this horse. What do you think they're going to tell you? <laughs> Learned a long time ago, the best information is when a trainer doesn't like their horse. That's, that's good information. Most of the time, when they don't like their horse, they don't run well. A whole lot of times, when they like their horse, they they don't, don't run well. <laughs> <laughs> but um,
1: yeah, it's
0: uh,
1: it's a very inexact science. Yeah, I always tell people, you know, um, how remarkably consistent uh, class levels are. Yeah. You know, considering how many variables there are with a live animal and jockeys making decisions and trainers making decisions, you know, it's it's wild how consistent it really is. You know, you'll never, you know, most of the time, a a 50 claimer will beat a 15 claimer, probably like 98% of the time. Um yeah, it's just it's just wild. Um uh, there's there's no such thing as a sure thing anyway. It's close. Like Vivar. Yeah.
0: Yep. You know what today is the anniversary of?
1: Oh, uh this is Boston Marathon, right? Mm. No, well, that's, that too, but
0: a different sort of event. the going in circles anniversary. No, no, dang it! It's the one year anniversary of the end of the pump.
1: Oh yeah, try to block that out of my head until I see a Gabe tweet. Or a Facebook post sucks. I saw pictures the other day with the you know, knocking down the grandstand.
0: Yeah, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe people think things like that are good. <laughs> it's the most warped thing ever. But yeah, that was that was a crazy night too. You bring Hylia back online. We found out that Pete I.O. does not have a spare tire or a donut in his car.
1: It's ridiculous. Should be ashamed. Shaming Pete right now. He's he just, you know, he's a guy that uh, lives on the edge. Right. He's. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is a Carolina Panthers fan, so I get it. <laughs> he's a he's a sick Carolina Panthers fan. I know. It's wild. Like, he knows like
0: the special teams coaches' names and tendencies and things. I
1: mean, him and Steph Curry are the only people that know that. It but... was
0: it was bad. We went to that game.
1: Oh, in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Robbie.
0: Bad. I mean the Panthers were out of that game after like five minutes two seconds
1: <laughs> just like every game
0: yeah they, they they played like the worst game it just got worse for pete who, who took it bad the entire game too it wasn't like he just you know when it was like 34 to 13 or whatever he, he was he was still in it <laughs> he was still he was still upset when things happened badly was cam still no back no. at that point no he wasn't i don't think so they wound up with the guy from the XFL, the the skinny guy. Oh
1: yeah. Oh man. And he, he, was, he was he was He's running awful. for
0: his, he was running for his life.
1: He's awful.
0: Uh, not totally his fault though. No. But uh Yeah, the pomp man. It's hard to believe. It seems like it was longer. Uh, right? A year to no, there's
1: only a year. It, it seems
0: a, like it was five years.
1: Four years ago. <laughs> Jesus.
0: You know, it's funny that there's so many lessons to be learned about that place and um, that, that just weren't learned. No. About takeout and about uh, creating a product without all the advantages of, of stake races or, or fancy names that uh, for a, a, a non-top-tier track, that if you make your product uh, interesting enough and you promote it, and you have uh, at least one true low take bet that that attracts people from you know other circuits. That you can have a lot of success and if if you price things right, and, and if you you know you put the right number on guarantees and things like that. Not not be chicken and when when you know the bet the year before handled a million and a half, and you make the guarantee five hundred thousand. <laughs> You know, you're one to nine to make the guarantee when you it, it just it doesn't even work as a marketing tool at that point. Everyone just turns it off. But you know, there there was a lot of lessons. I mean they had nothing there. They had they had no grandstand, they had no no amenities, they had no no big name drivers except for well, Wally and Dave Miller, but um it wasn't like, you know, Dave Miller was coming down there and riding driving ten a night for Five months, <laughs> and um, you know, it was it was just it showed the possibilities, and no one learned any lessons from it, especially in the artist game. Nobody's really doing anything that they did, and it's it's a shame the fact that no one brought Gabe in and say, hey, you know, we're gonna make us. The success Pompana it was that alone shows you um, kind of the mentality of of of, uh, of casino tracks because honestly outside of um, Meadowlands and Mohawk I mean mohawk gets money from slots too so I mean there's there's literally no just pure racetracks left and harness business anymore. Hmm. That's rough. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, so well, shout out to listen, to our, our guy, Matthew DeSantis. Yes, for, sir. Uh, for doing a uh, a charity deal, about
1: I think. 20 for 20. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: I'd actually like to speak to him about how. We can become one of the charities because <laughs> do we have to be a 501c3 or can we just, you know, will You, need, you gotta get
1: the paperwork. Gotta get the paperwork. Yeah.
0: But uh, no, uh, check them out um, on uh, on Twitter and donate. Stop being cheap.
1: <laughs> a lot of good causes. Including... right? Marshall's. Marshall's car wash.
0: Marshall's car wash? Yeah. What's Marshall's car wash? Oh, you tell me. I don't know, I'm confused. I'm
1: totally confused, man. What? I'm going to send you the text. remind me to talk about Marshall. Marshall's car service Oh, a great
0: show. Car service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, if you're in Louisville for the next couple of weeks, well, actually, if you're in Louisville anytime and you need a car service, you've got to call my man, Johnny Marshall. He will See? hook you up. You tell him you know Chuck and here's a book. You will get the best service that you could ever imagine. Not to mention that he's one of those guys in Louisville that knows things and and can do things. So, no matter what you need, he can take care of you.
1: Oh, so he's uh, like Harry Potter? Huh? He's like Harry Potter?
0: I never saw Harry Potter, so I don't really know. God, man, what are you doing? I don't don't really know much about uh, Harry Potter.
1: Oh, that hurts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I never saw a single Harry Potter. No wonder you, you know, don't
1: get half of my jokes. I, I didn't like the... I
0: understand that now. Hey, I, I'll be honest, I didn't like the looks of that guy, Harry Potter.
1: <laughs> Gave him the side eye immediately. I just guy didn't was see how glasses and his he, he just looked to me like head. a he, he,
0: he just didn't look like
1: like he was a guy
0: that I could get behind, you know? <laughs>
1: I feel you, he's a little sketchy. I mean <sighs> He's a wizard. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> you know, I,
0: I uh yeah, I just I just never never got into the Harry Potter. I never saw it. Um the girl that used to work for me, May, she, she's like this Harry Potter like freak, you know? Yeah. Um, And uh, like, I told her that, and she almost disowned you. Disowned you? Oh, she was a violent little chick, but she was like, (laughs) (laughs) she she cussed me out. I mean, like, literally, she was like, "I can't believe you! What's the matter with you?" Yeah, what is? Yeah, see, that's that's what I'm going through over here. But, uh, anyways, you can check them out. Marshall brothers, Marshall
1: transportation,
0: 502-963-8909. If you need to get picked up at the airport, you need to get driven around. You got an event. You don't need to call Uber. You can call Johnny Marshall, the Marshall. Johnny Marshall used to gallop horse. He actually rode some races. Oh, wow. And he's a better driver than he, he was a jockey. But um no, he, he's he's got a whole fleet of nice trucks, nice cars, got SUVs, stretch limits, the whole thing. Whatever you need in Louisville for the Derby, for the anytime you're in Louisville, Marshall Brothers transportation, you tell them you know me and you will get the best deal. So and you know, he'll get you in restaurants, whatever you need, the Marshall can take care of it. There we go. Um, and that's not a paid promotion, by the way. He's my man. That's
1: man fifty grand. He
0: is. He's. He's a good dude. <clears throat> you know, there's only a couple people you you meet in your life that you know if you call them at two o'clock in the morning and said, "Hey, you've gotta come get me," and you were in some place that <laughs> wasn't convenient. Get the strap. <laughs> he, he would do it. He'd do Bring it, I'm sure hater, sir. I'm, I'm sure I'd complain about it, but he would do it. So.
1: <laughs> the mayor uh, just say sell your shirt. Mayor called me a little a little while ago.
0: He he was into uh he was into the bourbon tonight.
1: Okay. No no more. Yeah, he, he's he's refined now. He he's gotta wear a monocle while he's I, I bourbon. Think he, you think he got like a bottle for free or something. Uh,
0: he was drinking uh, the. It's like a secretariat bottle. Oh, the Woodford. Yeah, the Woodford. He was drinking Woodford. <laughs> he told me he's going to drink one bottle and keep the other bottle. So we'll keep the first bottle. Just put like water in it and seal it back up. But, it? Yeah, yeah. The mayor's mayor. The mayor asked why he hasn't been on lately. So well no, we're saving it till till Saratoga. Plus he was pretty he was pretty drunk tonight. <laughs> he, was, he was a whole bourbon yeah. bottle deep yeah. at that point. We we might have went in directions we didn't really need
1: to he's come a long way oh. since the uh the fireball. Man. All I
0: can say is thank god that we didn't have cell phone cameras back when we
1: were young. I can't believe I didn't catch the the whole Brownie Sunday thing. I, I, I should have known it was gonna happen. I knew it was gonna happen. Well that was Rodney. <laughs> I know. I knew it was gonna happen. I, I knew it. I knew it. And I just didn't pull the trigger with the phone. Uh you know, um we're probably good to go back there now, I think. Yeah. They Rodney's
0: Rodney's fuse like burns slowly, but when he finally hits it, I'm telling you, if I had not prevented him at Hollywood Park that day, Kent DeSormo gave me like the most stiff job ride in, you know,
1: horse racing history.
0: Yeah. You could say Uh, it 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 was in there. (laughs) Rodney would have suplexed him right there. (laughs) Seriously. On one hand, he was, he was like, like, like more mad than usual. Rod, you know, he can be an angry, he can be an angry man sometimes, but, uh, but Yeah. But anyways, yeah, the mayor's wedding, he, he gave me the bad news today. We got to go get suited up soon. So monkey suits for the fellas. Nah, no monkeys, no monkeys. Just just regular suits of some sort. Why we can't just wear like normal ones? I don't know, but it sounds like not his decision.
1: <laughs> you know damn well it wasn't.
0: No. <laughs> and I probably shouldn't say much because, you know, like
1: Right. My marriage
0: didn't exactly (laughs) (laughs) go as planned, but uh, I will tell you this. I had absolutely zero input into anything that happened during the wedding. None. I was just tasked to show up. And I did that. That's
1: it? Yeah. So. So.
0: So, anyways, well, it's been real as usual.
1: Yeah, always.
0: The time lord. Sorry about your squad. OKC okay, but... still got fifty-seven draft picks in the next few years.
1: Right, and you got Chet coming next year. Chet's
0: coming to save the Clyde Frazier suits, man. He
1: better. We, we've I... been tanking for two years. <laughs> You had a bum team, seriously. We, we, I, can't, we, I can't stress that enough. You, we, you really we, were
0: behind we, the eight ball. We, we were a team that tanked, and we weren't even trying to tank. <laughs> Just didn't know that my team would get Legionnaires disease the first week of the season. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I swear to God, It's yeah, all red O's and Q's next to all your guys. It was hilarious. I mean, at some point,
0: you just, you know, just say,
1: what are you going to do? <laughs> I got lucky because somehow I made it through the storm of Booker and Steph Curry being out at the same time.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, that's like,
1: true. But they did come back, though. They did. The late they around. came back strong. So that that propelled me into the championship game, which I lost badly. Got shellacked, to be honest. But all my guys weren't playing. They were all just. Yeah. yeah. The last week. It's,
0: it's like in, in fantasy football in the last week of the NFL season when teams that are in the playoffs and, and you know, don't need the games, rest the players and they wind up playing some scrubs because the games don't mean anything.
1: Right. And we can't no one... get rid of all our guys because we have keepers and so on. So it right. gets a little dicey. Yeah, you just you just kind of got to take it on the chin. That's yeah. I'm okay. Doing. I'm okay with second place. We're good Hey, listen,
0: second place is pretty good. You got a, you got your money back, oh, yeah. and then
1: some. There you go.
0: There you go. And you beat Joe Christofek.
1: Yes, he did get me though. We we split this year. I don't, I don't know how he pulled it off with that bum squad he had, but he beat me. I think that was he was he was at the end of that whole Steph and Devin Booker being hurt thing. Yeah, so we'll we'll put an asterisk next to that one.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll go for that. I'm sure no one cares about our league or our teams. They probably hate us right now. Thinking that we may say something interesting at the end, but I mean, we don't. It's probably just not going to be coming. I'm going to the track tomorrow. Noise. Nice.
1: Nice. Early? You going for the qualies? No. Babies? No. <laughs> skip the brisket coming back?
0: No, skip skipped the early event. The, the brisket, I, I hope it's coming back for the summertime.
1: For real. I'm not coming up there if we're not doing that.
0: The brisket is the, the barbecue last year was the, the food truck was great,
1: man. Yeah
0: and And it wasn't like the the on the other side of the road food trucks that they sent they set up there the twenty dollar gyros and it was I'll tell so, you what I think a hamburger I, was like six bucks
1: i i the best hamburger I ever ate or the second best hamburger I ever ate was last year at Saratoga, Man. not the track the hamlet and ghost the ghost phenomenal. Well,
0: I walked by there the other day. I had actually had a lunch I had to go to. It's kind of a dive, sort of. And I went to, um, we went to Scallions. (laughs) And I got to say that uh, the food was okay. But I felt like the most out-of-place person in the world.
1: (laughs) You weren't dressed
0: up? (laughs) No, it was just like a chick place.
1: Oh. Like an
0: older chick place.
1: So they all had martinis? It was just, like, weird. I don't know.
0: I get this very strange vibe. Like
1: like you were supposed to be wearing a monocle?
0: <sighs> and a top hat? <laughs> it, it was just... Uh... Like you're
1: supposed to be an ascot, right? One of those
0: kind of deals. I mean, no no offense to the place, but it's not going to make my top 25 things to do on the Togo list.
1: Yeah, no. Yo, that there there's there's people dying to get on that list. It's got it's got it's got no shot. <laughs> <laughs> Not even if they slide they slid you a hundo. No, no. I, I slide you a hundo, you get we, on the list.
0: We, we can be bought, but the price is gonna be a lot higher than that.
1: I mean that one place that's hey, on a hundred
0: the... barely gets you anything to eat downtown Saratoga <laughs> these days. That's true. <laughs>
1: Unless you're going for the uh the Spears special chicken sandwich. Well, yeah, which they got rid of.
0: <laughs> they got rid of the whole place. Peabodys, no more Peabodys.
1: That's why they got rid of the man sandwich. You got to go. Dave Spears' chicken cutlet You can't stick around.
0: Yeah, it's like Mike How- Lerman. You know the trainer, Mike Lerman. Oh yeah, yeah. He orders chicken parm without the parm and the sauce on the side. <laughs> 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 what? I swear to God, every time. Said, he'll have the chicken parm minus the parm
1: and the sauce. So he just wants a fried chicken patty. So why
0: don't you just Why don't you just order a chicken, chicken with
1: sauce on the side?
0: But he won't do that. He won't order a chicken cutlet. He
1: th- he has the theory. I think that the chicken they make is it different. better with the the, the the chicken if you order the parm. Right. If you intending the parm, like the parm thought gives I it a flavor. I guess he's turned into an exercise freak, anyways. So, oh. so he's doing like <sighs> those. What are they called? Burpees. I don't know, man. He's he's turned into a place a, and doing jump rope. He's turned into an
0: exercise nut. And I got to tell you that he was probably <clears throat> he was probably the rich strike of people that might become <laughs> like infatuated by exercise. And he's my friend for, like, 30 years. And it's oh, actually goodness. a good thing. I'm not criticizing anyone who, who you know, exercises. As so I can barely get past, like, 1,800 steps a day. But, um, yeah. But that is an odd, an odd occurrence that he does order chicken parm minus the parm with the sauce on the side.
1: See, now I'm going to have to try that. <laughs> You see how well it's received. It was like the
0: place I went to the other day—the the, the Easter dinner. The place sucked, <laughs> and it was terrible. Like, and I'm not like a person that that's that picky with food. I mean, even if it's not that great, I'd be like, no, 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 Alvin's, no. But they had the 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 Brussels sprouts, and they were undercooked.
1: Oh no, that's horrid you can't do that. And they had bland
0: mashed potatoes and and the the I got the prime rib and it was like prime fat. It sucked. It was east on Easter. How's my brother pick that place? He doesn't know my brother know nothing about food.
1: <laughs> what do you mean? He doesn't know anything. He you act like he doesn't eat. Oh, well, he eats,
0: but he's, his selections are weak. Though <laughs> he so we did find there's a deli in Bolton Spa that's super good. So, I guess I got to give him a pass on that. All right. Uh, Yeah. Plus, there's there's 0.0 chance he'd ever listen to the show. And if he did listen, he would never get to this point. So, I can basically say anything I want about him. (laughs) (laughs) My dad's all happy because Indiana Grand or Hoosier, Indian, whatever the hell. Hoosier. What did I call that place now? Uh,
1: It changed, like, name three times in one year. Indianapolis. Right? It was Hoosier went to...
0: Porsche, no, it was, Houser, it, was Hoosier. it was, it was right. Uh, it, was Indiana, Hoosier, Grand. Then it
1: was Indiana Grand. Yeah.
0: Then now, now it's Horseshoe Indianapolis. Horseshoe Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, my dad's a little happy
1: because he, was... he likes that track. Finger Lakes far. coming back. I know the lakes will be back. Yeah. He'll oh able... man, he's gonna be in heaven during the week, bro. He'll be back. He was bitter the other day. He, he bet some horse and
0: and uh, got beat a nose, and mm. he, wasn't, oh, he wasn't. He
1: was soured after that. He didn't want to yeah, play after he, that. He wasn't. He wasn't having it. It was. It was. <laughs> he was just done.
0: He was just shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's about that time. I'll, I'll, I'll catch him. He'll be over there watching replays of. Writing down notes.
1: The best thing is, like, in my house, um, because I I dominate the TVs in my house, all of them. So, when I lose... Don't forget the
0: lucky TV theory.
1: When I lose, I'll just go into some random diatribe thinking that my wife is listening to me. And she's like, who are you talking to? (laughs) And it usually happens once a weekend. At least once, if not more than that, she's like, "Who are you talking to? Are you on the phone?" I was talking to you, <laughs> <laughs> and why that was a horrible beat. Oh, okay, yeah, keep going, and then she just disappears. That's funny, and I'm left talking to myself again. So, you know, I talk to myself on on a on a
0: regular basis. It's <laughs> and it's not even like. It's not even like troubling anymore. It's just normal, you know?
1: No, I don't. (laughs) No, I sort of do because, you know, that's one of the things I, I try to do like in public is observe people. I saw a lady doing that the other day. She was just talking to herself. Didn't look like she was crazy or frazzled or anything. I think she was just trying to remember something maybe. Or try to plan out her itinerary in, like by speaking. Like, oh, I gotta go here first, then I go... I do that. That I mentally do. It's like, alright, I gotta go here, then I gotta go here, then I gotta go there. See? Talk to myself right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same that's reaction. That's, like.
0: <laughs>
1: that's why I'm always on Twitter. <laughs> mm. you, know, like, you know, like listen uh, to me sometimes. Hey, I, 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 hate, I hate to like
0: I hate to inject this like you know, actual horse racing talk at this late of a date uh, in the show, but you know the Preakness might actually be a better race this year than than normal because I think there's a lot of pretty good horses that are better than right that just the didn't get that in, that Did, didn't get into the race. You know, I was just thinking about that today because that horse um that won the Lexington, I actually that first mission looked good. Yeah. So I mean that that that's a live contender. There's going to be instant. I mean, it was, I'm it assuming was pretty, he's knowing the preakness. Uh It was known that was a prep for Arabian Night for the. Preakness. I mean, the Japanese horse that's not in Mandarin Hero. He said he's like going to do a rich strike and wait till the last minute. I mean, if he's there, he might as well stay two more weeks and run the Preakness, right? I mean, they wouldn't not run him, and in, in the, would they skip the Preakness? They would. I would assume that they would run in the Preakness and then go back, right? I mean, why stay another month if you're not going to run? Um, Skinner, I think. I don't think. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe they will get in. Chase Road. Yeah, Chase Road should run seven eight. He's he's not a mile three sixteens horse. Cyclone he should run seven ace too he really should he he should be in the pate mile horse's best race by far was the mile race why isn't he not running a mile he has no chance to win the derby zero I shouldn't say zero but almost zero because if like a horse went right in the first turn and wiped out like 17 of them then he might be able to win but I mean Jace Road to me looks like a sprinter. I, I I just don't understand why anyone would run a horse like that in, in a race. He just doesn't look like he's got any chance. But, yeah, but no, I, there, there's there's quite a few, you know, really better than normal type horses that that um put it this way, there's not a lot of derby prep winners that run into preakness. Most of them are running in the in the Kentucky Derby, and then that you know knocks them out, right? Most most of them don't don't wheel back, except you know the occasional horse here or there in the winter, but you're gonna probably have quite a few this year. So, so anyways, anyways, that was it. But. uh. I gotta I gotta I gotta a going in circles die just look at the Kentucky Derby and early look at the field okay put that out in a day or so that's what's up sometimes it's confusing when i when when we do the show and we put the download out and then I put like um some written thing out the same day because people get confused they think it's the same thing. But, uh, but anyways, thank you to everyone who's downloaded and listened to the show. Yeah. We were looking at the analytics the other day and, uh, and it doesn't even count some of the, um, some of the podcast outlets just don't do a good job of keeping track or reporting it. So, um, there's been a lot and we do appreciate it like yeah absolutely seriously we really do appreciate you listening i I never thought that when i started this that anybody would listen (laughs) 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 at all uh but no it's uh it's been good and um a lot of people subscribe to the to the newsletter man like a lot a lot more than A lot more than I expected, and we get a lot more hits than we ever do. We get a lot of feedback, and and that's kind of why we did it. Mm -hmm. People need to talk about the issues, and it's good to at least have have some outlet to to discuss them.
1: We got Steve, Chris. That's all that matters. That's right. That is true. That's
0: our celebrity. All right, my man. Well, I'm going to do something I shouldn't do. Probably go have some ice cream. I'm but, down with that. uh, But that's the way it goes, man. I need some post-show ice cream. Let's do it. And watch the end of the Kings game.
1: Light the beam. Light the beam. Light the beam. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Talk to you guys later. And Barry will speak tomorrow. Hey, if you haven't done it already, it's time for you to sign up for the Going in Circles Digest. Go to www.goingincirclesdigest.substack.com and click on the link to subscribe for free for the latest and stakes previews and stories and all kinds of other assorted nonsense. And I even put up some cool videos every once in a while for, uh, Historic purposes. Anyways, check it out. Going in circles digest.substack.com. It's free, it should be for you.